0: This is the Ultra Running History Podcast. I'm your host, Davey Crockett. Thanks. Thanks for coming. This is episode 87, the 26th part of the 100-miler history. In this episode, I will tell the story of the Old Dominion 100 that was established in 1979 in Virginia, a race that seems to have been forgotten.
1: We've got miles to walk and rivers to cross, and I reckon it's time we got started.
0: Yes, the Old Dominion ran in the Shenandoah River Valley. I would like to thank many of you who have signed up to be a patron for Ultra Running History. Here's a shout out to some of our new patrons. Maureen Lee from Utah, Andy Sutterfield from Oregon, and Sydney Chen. Please consider also becoming a patron by signing up to contribute a few dollars each month. Please go to ultrarunninghistory.com slash member to become my partner. That's ultrarunninghistory.com slash member to become a Patreon member. Now to the story. Thanks to Frank McMillan for contributing to this episode. The Old Dominion 100, established in 1979, was held in Virginia along the beautiful Shenandoah River. It was one of the first classic modern-era American trail 100 milers. Old Dominion's origin story is similar to western states. It also emerged from the horse endurance riding sport. Today, few ultra-runners have even heard about this classic 100 miler. The Old Dominion 100 mile run patterned its practices from western states, established two years earlier in 1977. It gave east coast ultra runners a trail 100 miler on their side of the country. Alex Bigler was born in 1935 in Merced, California. He played an important part in the history of Old Dominion 100. He came from a very prominent California family. His great-grandfather, John Bigler, was California's third governor. Bigler grew up in Northern California and had a love for horseback riding. In 1960, he was president of the Auburn Sierra Rangers, a horseman's club that was organized in Auburn, California in 1946. Bigler became a close friend to Wendell Roby, the founder of the Western States Trail Ride, or Tevis Cup, that originally went from Lake Tahoe to Auburn, California. During the early 1970s, Bigler served as a member of the board of directors for the ride. By 1973, Bigler moved to Northern Virginia, where he took a job that was involved in planning for equestrian facilities. He brought with him a desire to organize a ride similar to the Western States Trail Ride. Bigler gathered together a small group of enthusiastic endurance riders to organize an event. A nonprofit organization was incorporated under the name of Old Dominion 100 Mile Endurance Ride. The format for the ride was originally different than Western States, using some practices that existed in earlier endurance rides they designed a Calvary Award for the rider that rode with the least outside assistance. First, they needed to decide where the 100-mile ride would be conducted. The Morven Park in historic Leesburg, Virginia was chosen as the start-finish for a 100-miler course through the countryside of western Loudoun County. The park, along with a mansion dating back 200 years, was on a 1,000-acre estate that was also the home of an international equestrian institute. Local landowners cooperated with the ride board to create a continuous circular course that utilized many miles of gravel road.
2: This trail would encompass a pristine area of large estates, open farmlands, and deep woods bounded on its western border by the Blue Ridge Mountains with the Shenandoah River only a few miles further west.
3: Almost heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountain, Shenandoah River.
0: The first Old Dominion 100-mile ride was held in June 1974.
2: Ride day dawned with the riders going off in a drenching rainstorm. Downpours continued well into the late evening, but that did not dampen the enthusiasm of the competitors.
0: Matthew McKay Smith and his wife Winky claimed first place. In 1975, Don Cromer, a veterinarian from Churchville, Virginia, rode his Black Stallion Mac in the second Old Dominion ride. He said...
1: We trained for four months and rode 78 miles a week. We used the back roads and different farm trails, but there was just no way to really be prepared for what faced us at Leesburg.
0: He said the start looked similar to a posse galloping off.
1: The ride was through rough mountain country, some of which was very steep. It included numerous water crossings and logs across the trail. It was tough following the trail at times, especially after dark. A lot of it went across private land, and a number of markers were knocked down by cattle. You had to be on your toes to keep on the right trail.
0: He finished in 23 hours, 40 minutes total time. There were 24 finishers among the 51 starters that year. In 1978, several of the Virginia riders went out to ride the Western States Trail Ride and heard the tales of the successful 100-mile run that started in 1977.
2: They spent time with both runners and run management and came away with the impression that the runners had discovered gold all over again. They were so excited by the experience. It was decided to proceed with a foot race to be held concurrently with the sixth annual Old Dominion Ride event.
0: Wayne and Pat Botts have been credited as being the founders of the 100-mile run that was established in 1979. Unaware that Ultra Running had existed for decades in the East, Pat wrote:
4: I couldn't free my mind of the realization that at home in Virginia, there were runners who could only be able to read about endurance running and never get a chance to learn and compete.
0: Dr. Don Richardson of Boyce, Virginia, was the run's first medical director and first race director. Pete Fields was the run committee chairman. The Old Dominion 100 run committee chose to have the runners cover their course at the same time with the horses. They emphasized finishing in less than 24 hours, but allowed up to 30 hours for the first year. The race was officially named the Old Dominion Cross-Country Endurance Run 100 miles one day. The inaugural run, with an entry fee of $25, was to be held on June 9, 1979, starting and finishing at Morvan Park State.
2: The rolling hills and stream traversed by modern-day runners were the same areas traversed by Mosby's raiders during the Civil War. The route circled to the west from Leesburg, climbing the Blue Ridge Mountains, crossing the Appalachian Trail, descending to Calm's Neck, and then through many rural villages before returning to Leesburg.
0: The course consisted of gravel roads, many miles of trail, long grass fields, stream crossings, muddy bogs, and some pavement. The local newspaper was skeptical about the race.
2: How many persons can be interested in something nearly four times as long as a marathon? Probably at least five. Possibly as many as 25 if every ultra-runner in North America decided to run.
0: Word got out and 45 runners would start out along with 85 horses and riders. It was so popular that runners had to be put on a wait list. One teenager on the list said,
4: i just like to run. I don't want to get high. I don't want to get drunk. I just want to run.
0: Most of the runners had experience running the JFK 50-miler held in Maryland. Only a few runners had completed a 100-mile race before. Frank McMillan, age 25, of Fayetteville, North Carolina, was among the entrants. In 1976, he had taken up running because his girlfriend ran cross-country. Her father had about every issue of Runner's World, and Macmillan started to read stacks and then began running. He ran a couple of marathons, including the Boston Marathon. He recalled,
3: And I remember seeing an ad in Runner's World back in the back about a 100-mile run in Virginia. And I said, you know, I think I can do that. I think I want to try that. And I had read about Park Barner, uh, Tom Osler, so roped a buddy of mine into going up there with me. His name was John Emery.
0: Up to that point, the furthest that Macmillan had ever run was 35 miles in a training run. This would be his first ultra. At Demony, age 45, a bank examiner from Arlington, Virginia was also among the entrants. He took up running in 1973 at the age of 39, wanting to average running a mile a day for a year. He recalled,
2: In early 1979, I heard about a meeting to discuss an Old Dominion 100-mile run. I went to the meeting where Dr. Don Richardson discussed the upcoming event. The idea of running 100 miles was incomprehensible, but I decided to run it anyway. The first Old Dominion 100 was a great mystery to almost all of the starters, a giant leap into the unknown. I did not treat the event casually, was prepared, had a plan and support crew, headed by my wife Rosalie, daughter Lisa, and Lisa's high school classmate Rick.
0: A pre-race briefing was held the afternoon before the race that included medical checks.
2: We were advised not to drink too sweet liquids and avoid salt tablets. Dr. Richardson commented that the American College of Sports Medicine had advised them to cancel the run in view of the anticipated heat and humidity, but that outlook failed to discourage anyone from starting.
0: The forecast was for 91 degrees during the race. Macmillan and Emory planned for their race fueling.
3: We drove up, had no idea what we were doing. Tom Osler had written about nutrition So our idea for the race was to go buy a few bags of sugar, white sugar, and put that in the baggies, and those would be in our drop bags. There's no gels back then, and the aid stations weren't that well stocked, so we didn't know what we'd have. So I bought sugar, and I bought white grapes.
0: Cloth race bibs were provided that included a pouch that would be very convenient to store some food in. Aid stations were placed every 5 to 10 miles, but the race staff really had no idea what to provide. At one station, a guy set out cups of water on the hood of his car in the sun. There were mandatory medical checks, and the course was marked with double streamers of Surveyor's Ribbon. Forty-five runners lined up for the start in front of Morvan Park Mansion. A priest blessed the start of the event with the words that the runners were in God's hand under God's care, in a celebration of life and well-being. The runner started at 4.15 a.m. The horses started 45 minutes later. Ray Krolowitz, aged 24, of South Carolina, running in his first 100 miler, took the early lead. A mile out of the Morven Park, the course hit a public road. The front runners all turned the wrong way. Soon they figured out their mistake and passed most of the field. At another point in that race, a group of about 15 runners went off course because of a streamer that had been blown away in the wind. Once they figured out their error, they piled into a car and were taken back to the course, losing about 15 minutes.
2: Ray Krolowitz sped off or Hill and Dale, leading Bill Lauder by 18 minutes at the 14-mile checkpoint.
3: We were getting word back in the middle of the pack that there was a runner getting to the aid stations before they were set up. found out later it was a guy named Ray Kralowitz.
0: After about two hours, they hit the first cross-country section of the course.
2: We ran across open fields up and down hills and through woods with planted fields around us. Some of the farmers were there providing refreshments and making sure the gates were open for us. As we followed the trails, which were often muddy and sometimes involved stream crossings, it was often necessary to pause and look for streamers. It was not hard to get off the trails.
0: Some of the local residents noticed that a race was taking place.
3: So remember early on, there was a local gym and I guess these guys came out to run and help with some of the support. Weren't really tall, hadn't done much running, but uh, they were a great group. I think they continued that tradition for some years at Old Dominion.
0: There was one very annoying race feature that disturbed the serenity. You
3: know, the only thing was the heat and the deer flies. If you've ever run in the South, and these things called deer flies that are just miserable in the summertime, they'll chase you and fly behind you so you can't see them and then they'll bite you. So those were kind of annoying, and we didn't know to bring any repellent or anything.
0: Dust was also a problem coming from all the crew cars and horses. <coughs> Krolowitz lengthened his lead to an impressive 54 minutes at mile 43. At about mile 56, there was a spot by Shenandoah River where the runners stopped to rest. Demony, who was teamed up with Fred Pylon, said,
2: We were encouraged to take a swim in the river. I declined, but did take advantage of the opportunity to sit down, rest, Wash my legs and soak my feet. McMillan remembered.
3: And then, about halfway, we stopped. I remember taking a a bit of an extended break. I think Ed Damoni was there. I really didn't know Ed, but I remember there were a couple other guys kind of kicked back on a blanket and just taking a rest. And I mean, these guys seem to know what they're doing. So, just hang out here for a while and settle down, hydrate a little bit.
0: At about that point, his friend John Emery quit with very sore feet. McMillan continued with doubts in his mind if he would finish. He was helped by linking up with other runners, including John Kennel of New York for a while. Demony plotted along ahead of McMillan. Demony's daughter, Lisa, recalled,
4: There were times when my father didn't think he could continue. At one point, we pulled him up from the road where he lay prone, refusing to budge. Somehow we convinced him to keep going. I could sense it was a real challenge for him.
0: Peter Monahan, an attorney from Bethesda, Maryland, sliced Krolowitz's lead to 33 minutes at 60 miles. Krolowitz, on the way to victory at about mile 72, became distracted as he talked to a pretty girl on a horse. Unfortunately, he fell and sprained his ankle and had to limp the rest of the way to the finish, losing his lead to Pete Monahan and others. Krolowitz said,
1: After I sprained my ankle, I started getting depressed until I remembered that the minister said at the blessing of the runners before the race, tune into your surroundings. So I did that, and it was beautiful, and that's how I finished. Ugh.
0: Following trail markers was especially difficult after 80 miles. Demony said,
2: Even with Fred Pylon's help, we had great difficulty following the trail crossing a major stream without locating the bridge and suffering from stinging nettles and poison ivy. But we managed.
3: Ouch!
0: Paul Apple of Illinois was in the lead in the late stages, but Monaghan pushed hard, overtook him, and won with a time of 17 hours 56 minutes only 59 seconds ahead of Apple. The rest of the field continued for hours after the front runners finished. At night, they used flashlights to find their footing and see how deep the streams were. When they were on the gravel roads, the moonlight guided them. At about mile 70, McMillan linked up with the local runner, Johnny Johnson, an attorney from Reston, Virginia.
3: He and I kind of just jogged, death marched it on in. He had his wife and his daughter were uh, crewing for him, and they were great, but they'd kind of run out of food. My memory is the last five miles, I was really starting to bonk in terms of nutrition. I have this thing in the south called honeysuckle. It's a little white flower. We used to pull the flower off and pull the stamen through, get a couple drops of nectar. So I was doing that to try to get a little bit of a sugar buzz so I could get through and get to the end.
0: McMillan finished with Johnson in 27 hours, 43 minutes. There were only 18 finishers under 24 hours, Barbara Allen, age 20, was the only female finisher with a time of 22 hours, 13 minutes. During the race, she paused to take smoking breaks. <laughs> what? Lisa Demony wrote of her father's finish in 22 hours, 18 minutes.
4: In the end, he crossed the finish line hand-in-hand hand with Fred Pylon. My father is not a touchy-feely kind of guy, but it was obvious that they had come through an epic journey together, and a bond had been formed out there on the dusty trails. I was extremely proud of what he had accomplished.
0: Demony wrote,
2: My feet were sore and blistered. I was sure I needed major medical attention, but the doctor indicated no big deal and gave no sympathy.
0: On Sunday night, a joint awards presentation and banquet was held for both the runners and the riders. Runners had difficulty walking, and riders had difficulty sitting down. (laughs) Runners who finished in under 24 hours received a sterling silver buckle, and those over 24 hours received a bronze buckle. The awards were presented in reverse order. McMillan experienced a disappointment.
3: They called the guys behind me, and then I was expecting my name, and they called my friend John, who had dropped out at 50. And John goes, I didn't finish. And they, went away and they went on to the next runner and so i said wait a minute they had flipped john and i numbers a digit one digit apart so i went up there and i spoke aside to pete and i said hey i think you missed me and he said oh gosh i'm so sorry and so i got up just said my thank yous that was no big deal but i'll tell you one thing about old dominion it was a couple days later, I was at my mom's house. The phone rang and it was Pete Fields. He was calling me to apologize for that oversight at the award ceremony. To me, that said a lot about kind of the ultra-running family and the sense of brotherhood camaraderie that we have there. That, that was a pretty amazing touch to me.
0: Lisa Demony said,
4: We left on the drive home immediately after the awards ceremony. And my father's legs cramped up badly in the car. When we got home, I had to help him out of the car and lift his feet over the door jam. That kind of freaked me out. The man who ran 100 miles suddenly couldn't walk. He swore afterwards that he would never do it again. My mother and I laughed, knowing even then that he would be back at it. I grabbed my recorder and we got his never again declaration on tape, which has provided great amusement and teasing for years to come.
0: Demony would go on to finish more than 25 100-milers. The 1980 Old Dominion 100 course was modified slightly to make it a bit tougher. There were again 45 starters. Veteran ultra-runner Frank Bozanich was the pre-race favorite. He was the current American 100-kilometer record holder.
2: Although the course was marked with surveyor's tape, there was no moon out at night, and it was easy to get lost if one's vigilance strayed. The leaders were spread out hours apart, with winner Frank Bozanich far ahead at 15 hours, 17 minutes.
0: Only 17 runners finished in less than 24 hours, including ultra-running legend David Horton, who finished in his first 100-miler. One first-time ultra observer wrote this amusing observation.
2: You may be wondering, as I did, whether these guys don't need to stop to pee with all that drinking. The answer is yes and no. They need to pee, but all don't stop to do it. Peter Monahan is said to be a champion at this, having developed a technique of peeing between steps. That's gross.
0: In 1981, a schism developed between two factions within the Old Dominion ride organization. Some influential Old Dominion endurance riders pushed to change the ride so it would be sanctioned by the Auburn, California-based endurance ride organization. This meant that it would need to include a, quote, first-to-finish award, changing the ride's event into a race similar to the Western States Trail Ride. It was reported
2: By the end of the year, the differences had reached the point of causing a complete break in the organization. The dissident members staged a coup at the January 1981 meeting by busing in and signing up enough family and friends to transfer a majority rule to their side. The result was understandably, deeply, and regrettably bitter. Those members who still wished to follow the old format eventually left the old Dominion organization altogether.
0: The Old Guard would not let the new Old Dominion leadership use the original trail for the Old Dominion 100. A new course needed to be found for the 1981 race. It was moved to the Massanutten and Blue Ridge Mountains. A start-finish area was found at a 4-8 center near Front Royal, Virginia, the original site of a U.S. Cavalry Station. The new course used more mountain trails and fewer miles on gravel roads than the original course. It had seven significant climbs, with a total elevation gain and loss of 3,000 feet. Sadly, for 1981, the race staff decided to lower the cutoff on the much more difficult course to 24 hours. Runners were also required to have crews. In 1981, only 12 runners finished in less than 24 hours with no women finishers. Because of the unrealistic 24-hour cutoff, there were also no women finishers for the next two years. In 1984, the cutoff time was thankfully raised to 28 hours, and Ed Demony took over as race director. In 1986, the Grand Slam of Ultra Running was established to entice runners to finish the four classic mountain trail 100 milers in the same year. Old Dominion 100 was included in the Grand Slam, along with Western States, Leadville, and Wasatch Front. Tom Green of Maryland was the first to complete it. Old Dominion was getting more popular. With more than 122 runners in 1987, a lottery was imposed for the 1988 race. The race committee didn't like having a lottery, so made the unwise decision in 1989 to lower the race's cutoff time back down to 24 hours this decision catered only to the most elite runners and slammed the door on the entry level runners older 100 mile runners and most female runners from running in the only trail 100 miler in the east in 1989 there were only 29 old dominion 100 finishers including only two women and in 1990 there were only 23 finishers with no women Because of this difficult cutoff, it also made it difficult to complete the Grand Slam of ultra running. Vermont 100, which was established in 1989, was allowed to be a substitute for Old Dominion in the Grand Slam. In 1991, Old Dominion wised up and increased their cutoff back to 28 hours, but the damage was done. The popularity to run Old Dominion waned, and Vermont 100 took over as the premier 100 miler in the East. In 2021, the Old Dominion 100-mile run was held for the 42nd time, with 49 finishers. In 2021, ride founder Alex Bigler was 86 years old, living in Arlington, Virginia. Run co-founder Wayne Botts died in 1987 from colon cancer. Run co-founder Pat Botts went on to finish Old Dominion six times and finish the ride many more times. In 2021, she was 81 and living in Fort Valley, Virginia. In 2021, Frank McMillan was 67, still running, had accomplished about 250 marathons, more than 70 ultras, and had had 21 surgeries. He was living in Hawaii. Ed Demoni was 87, had directed many races, finished more than 90 ultras, and was living in Arlington, Virginia. Thanks to Frank McMillan for contributing to this episode. With that, this is Davey Crockett, and this is the Ultra Running History Podcast. I hope you run fast and far, enjoy life, get outdoors, and most of all stay safe and don't take unnecessary chances.